2: Host: Oh, wait, I don't read that part. (laughs) Thank you to everyone who supports the show and all of the shows in the Major Spoilers podcast network. If you're not already, you can become a Major Spoilers member by signing up at patreon.com slash Major Spoilers.
0: The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later.
2: I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo.
0: And I'm Stephen, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans.
1: In this issue, these dark times are coming for Harrow County. A whole mess of villains for the Man of Steel, Atlanteans on the attack, and Whitey Donovan better watch his back. Plus, movie news, the latest word from science fiction TV, maybe even another reboot or 10, but it's going to be sent to you with the soothing voices of the MSP crew. And if yes ask nicely, we'll even speak our second languages. Mine's Klingon. So sit back, set disruptors to kill, because the major spoilers podcast, toh ta to, kaplah
0: Welcome to issue 862 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and checking us out this week. Oh, we have a lot to talk about, so why don't we just go ahead and get into some news. This week, some of the items that we might want to talk about is uh, the Doctor that you didn't know about, Master of the Universe reboot not happening, or at least not happening right now, and Cyberpunk 2077 gets delayed. Let's spin that Wheel of Destiny and let's see where we land, around and round and round it goes, where it lands. Well, only people who are our patrons know, because we were talking about this in the patron pre-show that you can get over at patreon.com slash major spoilers. We were talking about a little bit of weather. We were talking about Pokemon. We were also talking about uh, one of the stories that fall on this list. And also, the problem with announcing stuff, maybe a little bit too early, which brings us to Cyberpunk 2077 getting delayed, at which may not be, uh, should not be maybe a, a huge uh, big deal. Um, CD Projekt Red announced on Twitter that Cyberpunk 2077 is is basically done. They're just going through and polishing everything, getting everything ready, making sure all the storylines are perfect. Uh, you're just not going to get it on April 16th. You're going to have to wait until September.
2: Like September, yeah.
0: Yeah, to get this. And My guess is this is probably not the first major delay to the game that we're going to see. I'll be honest. I think when it gets close to...
2: You think come September, they'll be like, we're punting till Christmas.
0: I I think they're going to say, yes, uh, we're punting till Christmas. Or unless they're already programming this stuff for the new generation of consoles, they're going to say, we're going to wait and have this be a launch. The first launch trailer in January 2021 or uh, launch game in 2021. So what do you think, Rodrigo? Are you disappointed? I mean, I, ever since this game was announced and we saw the images of this, I've been like, oh, I am so down for this. If this is anything like Red Dead Redemption 2, I'm so going to be spending all my time in this world. And then now it's uh, been delayed.
2: I mean, definitely from the trailers and everything they've said, it seems like the game is very ambitious. From mm-hmm. uh, They released uh, a while ago, like there's like 45 minute... Um, a playthrough, yeah. Gameplay uh, video where you know you can get in a car and drive around the city and shoot guns, and there's lots of different uh, cyber augmentations that you can have, and they all look super cool. And it shows you some of like the the skills that you can pick up. Um, Keanu Reeves is in it, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so yeah, it looks it looks really good, really interesting. Um, they've had some PR stumbles as well. Um, but I mean, they've been announcing this game for three years. They've been talking about it and, uh, it's, uh, kind of interesting that it's getting delayed because I think technically this is the second time it's been delayed. Like they had planned to release it in 2019 mm-hmm. where, like their original projection was 2019 and then long before 2019, they were like, no, this is probably going to land in 2020. Um, And then, you know, there's a lot of speculation as to why Uh, there was a rumor going around that it's because it doesn't talk to Sony's infrastructure well, Mm. um, which uh, they are. The CD Projekt Red is saying, no, that's not the case. We're just polishing things. Uh, There was a rumor that it was because they were trying to be kind to their people and not put them in a crunch, which was also dispelled. Uh, by people in the company being like, no, we're in full on super ultra like finishing crunch. So no. Um, So it, it, I mean, it really sounds to me like in a very mundane way, the, uh, the, the game is just not quite ready and they're just delaying it.
0: Yeah. I mean, mm, when they say that this is, that this delay applies to all versions of the game, Google Stadia, PlayStation four, windows PC and Xbox one, The only thing that I can think of is if you're releasing a PlayStation 4 game in September of this year and it's not going to be or it better be compatible or it better look 100 times better on the PlayStation 5, your game's going to be forgotten pretty quick. Because whatever the launch titles are on those new systems, those are the ones that people are going to be super, super interested in. And man, September just seems like you're really pushing right up against that holiday buying spree. So if it, I really suspect that we're going to see another delay with that uh, September seventeenth release because that's in the middle. I mean, school has already started. Uh, That is a bad time to be doing a new game release, right?
2: I mean, these games are not aimed at high school kids. You know, Eh, no, but I mean, even even at college, grown ups that are. Working the same job day in and day out all year. Yeah.
0: People who are working the gig economy jobs, just like you're going to be doing in Cyberpunk
2: 2077. Yeah. That's the the real exciting thing is uh, you get to spend your free time stressing out about uh, capitalism crushing you under its wheels.
0: (laughs) Uh, September 17th is a Thursday, which, okay, that's fine. I usually thought the games dropped on a Tuesday, but maybe not. Um, Matthew, you have some thoughts on, on Cyberpunk 2077's delay?
1: Nope. Um, Mostly because I didn't even know what it was until people started saying it was going to be delayed. But I think that part of the thing that we see over and over, and we see it in comics, we see it in movies, anytime something like this happens, these competing theories with no basis, in fact, a reality pop-up about why is this happening? Oh, what does this mean? Clearly, it means that, you know, if you like the idea of the game, that it's going to be – they're going to tweak it till it's perfect. If you don't like it, it's going to be a complete disaster that's going to burn the world to the ground. And
0: I mean – I don't know. If they're really making the game super polished – I mean, I know um, Red Dead Redemption 2 is not uh, – is uh, – b- b- what's the game that does that? Rockstar Games and not CD Projekt Red. Right. But – I am now almost a year into playing this game. And number one, I'm not I'm probably not even 50 percent done with the storyline because there's all these side missions and quests and things that you can do inside the game. And now I've just discovered that there's an online version that you can play in, which is totally different. And so I've been exploring in there. So, you know, if they're really working on Cyberpunk 2077 to really expand on the story, to really make sure that there are, you know, a. A ton of missions that people can go on to, or really long threaded missions that people can go on to, and it's not the same uh, grinding for you know uh, warthogs out in uh, the 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 desert area. Uh, you know, I'm all for that if that's truly what they're doing. Um, well, grinding
2: for warthogs. Is really so this plan. is the same group that does The Witcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and The Witcher is also. Uh, infamous for its side missions. It's very well put together and and thought out side missions, but for having a lot of side missions. So. Okay.
0: I'm, I'm kind of all for that. Now, the thing that um, my son and I, my oldest son and I were talking about for the last couple of days is he's been kind of hinting around the dad. Wouldn't it be cool if I could get an Oculus, uh, you know, one of the VR Oculus quests or whatever that they are. And I'm like, yeah, that sure would be cool. Except I sure am betting that you want a a new Xbox or a new PlayStation come Christmas time and you're not getting all three. So uh, that costs some money. But uh, this week on our Twitch stream on Saturdays, I play I play video games on uh, our Twitch stream, twitch.tv slash major spoilers. And I've been playing Red Dead Redemption too. And uh, this past week we were riding through an area and I was like, you know what? If they made a VR version of this game, that would be so awesome just because of how the, the landscape is set up. And if Cyberpunk 2077 had a VR component to it and they're trying to get it to be for the next generation of VR and also for these uh, game stations, I would be okay if that's the the reason for the delay. I don't think that that's the reason for the delay, but I don't know. I'm I I'm glad I did not pre-order this game. I will say that.
1: Yeah, I think I think developers get it from both ends, too. Oh, I'm sure they do, you know. But right now, the uh, the whole thing in WWE news is the fact that WWE 2020 is a cluster schmazz, uh, and that the game literally had to be patched on day one and then broke again on December 31st with the new year and has just been an endless stream of things that went wrong because they rushed it to meet a, a date that was their actual delivery date, and the game wasn't ready. The game wasn't complete. The people making the game had not finished the game so i feel like you know they would if they had put this out in 2019 or even in april whenever they said you know here's the date we're going to hit and the game wasn't complete or the game you know hadn't didn't work or something was broken it would be the same response i feel like the people who are mad about a delay would be mad about a broken game and probably more people as well so you kind of have to wonder if it's not smarter in the long run if you know you need more time to announce that you need more time or
0: know. maybe just maybe just not announce it so far ahead of time
2: eh, I and mean, that is something i mean it's it's good to you... it's good to build buzz but i i feel like video games are in this cycle where as soon as they're even thinking about starting work on a game, they announce it. And yeah, that builds a lot of buzz and you're basically allowing your fan base to do a lot of the work for you to sort of get excited and start producing, I don't know, like fan fiction and art and, and things and talking to each other and stuff. But if you don't deliver, that starts to sour And even if you tell them this isn't this game won't come out for two years and you deliver exactly on the date that you said you were going to deliver over the course of those two years, people's opinion of the game will fluctuate without you even doing anything about it. Yeah, because when you just get everybody talking and talking and talking and talking and talking about it, um, you know, uh, opinion changes, Uh, Mm -hmm. ideas Mm -hmm. change, people get convinced that something's going to be there. Um, I've been talking to a lot of people about Pokemon. Um, because this has been kind of a controversial Pokemon release, and they just, they just announced everything that was going to be in this thing called Pokemon home, Mm. uh, which is going to allow you to transfer Pokemon from older editions into sword and shield, (laughs) but not all of them. Okay. So it used to be that Pokemon used the service called, uh, Pokemon bank that previous editions would all be able to talk to now pokemon home is a new one for the switch pokemon bank will be able to talk to it but there's a lot of only one-way transfers there's a lot of like ifs and thens to it and i was talking to some people about it and they were like yeah you know it's it's gonna be like this but then later on they'll do this and i'm like you don't know that right pokemon uh fans talk to each other a lot and they come up with these ideas and uh, they look at what's happened in the past and they draw conclusions from that. And that's not always the case. A big part of the reason why everybody was so upset about Sword and Shield is because that thing that Nintendo had been, or that Game Freak had been doing, all along, they stopped doing. They changed it. They did something different. And that's kind of what happens when you have a fan base. And that's kind of what happens when you just reach over and give the fan base a spin and just let them loose mm-hmm. um
0: well you and that's can the way up, any fan base en- right
2: I, I mean yeah it's it is it, yeah it's definitely not just pokemon it's definitely not just video games i'm sure there's plenty of people that are upset about that the you know masters of the universe kind of falling off the pier um but it probably they're probably not as upset Come the premiere of Masters of the Universe, if it had actually happened, when they actually get to see a movie that they've played in their brains a thousand times.
0: Yeah. And then ultimately you're like, well, it's nothing like I wanted it to be.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's what happens. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. A lot of things uh, stumbling recently. Hawkeye, Star Wars, Howard the Duck. Um, what's the some of the other things? over Do- Doctor Strange. Uh, yeah. A lot of things just stumbling and a lot of people are kind of freaking out by it right now. But uh, maybe some of that is is okay.
2: Oh yeah, they're, you got to remember the majority of these, uh, especially all of the Disney stuff. You know, it's backed by Disney, so mm-hmm. they're they're losing some money on series being canceled and falling by the wayside, and they're losing a little bit of good faith. But it's it's ultimately not going to harm them. They have to stumble a lot in order for uh, anything to actually stop stop their money making machine.
0: Yep. Hey, you. Listener, right now, we want to know what you think about Cyberpunk 2077 or anything that we've been talking about so far in the show or anything going on at the Major Spoilers. And you can do it over in our Discord. Yes, we have a Discord server, and it's broken up into, like, general topic. You can go in and talk about Vigi Games if you want to talk about Vigi Games. You can talk about the latest TVs and the movies. You can even, if you're a patron, at patreon.com slash Spoilers, you can access secret Discord channels where you can hear Matthew and I record Dueling Review live on Thursday night at 8 o'clock p.m., uh, Central time and we also hang out and chat with you guys for a little bit you also have access to the GM roundtable uh all through our discord server there is a link in the show notes with more information and you can go over there and hang out with hundreds of other fellow spoilerites so what are you waiting for point your discord server over there or your browser discord browser or your app or however these things work uh just get over there we, and we have fun with a bunch of other right? people uh, we're in there all the time so you Not can find your one blackberry. of blackberry yes. Yeah. Get your BlackBerry's devices a-going. Hey, let's do some reviews.
1: Reviews.
0: Rodrigo, I want to know, now this is one that I have uh, kind of been following the series overall, but it doesn't arrive until next week. But I kind of want to know what your thoughts are on Kill Whitey Donovan number three, which comes out next week from Dark Horse Comics.
2: Yeah, Kill Whitey Donovan is, has been really interesting... Uh, because I, I I really feel that on the very first issue they set up they start setting up this thing they're going to travel to to kill Whitey Donovan uh, kind of your your two main characters and they have this plan of how they're gonna do, go about it and they're gonna like escape from the plantation because it's like a, a a white lady and a or like a girl so she's very young and a a young slave a, a, a black girl. Um, They're going to escape and they're going to do this. And their plan immediately goes off the rails completely. Like before they're even out, they get found out. And so it's been an interesting um, experience because the story has just been kind of at a tilt the whole time. Mm -hmm. They're just kind of going from misfortune to misfortune. So, you know, they kind of stumble onto... um, essentially draw a, a confrontation between Northern and Southern soldiers. And that's kind of where this one picks up. Um, and they just <laughs> kind of have more misadventures. And finally it kind of feels like they're starting to get more or less on track. Um, but, uh, and I, there's a lot of, you know, off the rails and on track. Cause there's a lot of trains in this, <laughs> um, the characters end up in trains a lot. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's 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 interesting. Every issue kind of gives you a flashback in, in or or at least one flashback. In this one, uh, we see that the two characters had a previous relationship, but because one of them was a slave or a servant, um, the <laughs> the white character doesn't remember her
0: really she's like wow all of,
2: yeah all of all of a sudden she just has this realization it's like oh my god that was hattie um i i hope that's not too big, too big a spoiler for something that comes out in two weeks uh, but um i just like i thought it was like really noteworthy and and sort of like really true like it, that that's one of those things about this book that i was like that feels like something that would happen that feels like oh, a yeah. sort of terrible thing uh where yeah, it's just like when you when you're in like a different social class, you don't think about people and other social structures and what their life must be like, and you might not even notice those people. It's kind of like being a camera guy at an event, uh, except you know, obviously, ten thousand times worse. Um, so yeah, I want to give it. I want to give it three and a half slices of meatloaf. Uh, it's good. It, there's you know, it's it's interesting uh it's violent and uh it's certainly above average the art is very good uh the cover's great Uh, the cover's also like kind of a little bit misleading because i feel like the characters bear like the cover makes the characters look very cool but these characters like barely can keep their face out of the dirt for like 10 seconds which is something that i like about it
0: yeah
2: um so yeah three and a half slices of meatloaf. I think it's 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 worth a read certainly.
0: All right, cool. So that is coming out on uh, February 5th. So that's a week ahead. Let's jump a week behind now, Matthew, and take a look oh, at DC, oh. or at Marvel Comics, Atlantis Attacks number 1.
1: Atlantis Attacks. You know what I really uh, what's really struck me about this issue, uh written by Greg Pak with art by Ario and Indito, is that the cover has a word balloon on it. Modern covers never have word balloons on them, but this one has a big old word balloon of Namor screaming, soldiers, strike with no mercy! By the way, the Submariner's the big villain of 2020. I don't know if you've heard this.
0: Oh, really? Um, okay.
1: Yeah, he's kind of gone a little uh, Albonzo Seiko, as they say, and uh, he is very, very angry that when he discovers that, and this is something that actually happened in a recent uh, series, the Agents of Atlas miniseries, a city, a magical city, has been created where part of it ties to major cities all across the continent. So there's one oh, cool. in Seoul, there's one in Tokyo, there's one in Madrapur. And all of Marvel's high-profile Asian heroes get to come together into this little uh, universal magical city called Pan, mm-hmm. and they are a team. So Arrow and Wave and all of the new characters, Swordmaster that they've been creating for uh, the Chinese and uh, Pacific Rim audiences are all working together under the command of Amadeus Cho and Sulk, Cindy Moon. Uh, Unfortunately, this is all powered by a magical dragon from Atlantis. Ah. Yeah. So Namor attacks and... The fascinating part about this is that this whole thing has been brought together by Jimmy Wu, um, Marvel's probably first Asian character from like 1951. But Jimmy has been out of the picture. Jimmy disappeared. Nobody knows where he is. So throughout this issue, the agents of Atlas keep getting in these fights and having to fight off Namor and fight off the Atlanteans and deal with the problems of a city powered by a magical dragon until near the end. Jimmy finally comes back, and Jimmy brings with him the other agents of Atlas. And I cheered a little bit because I'm the fan of the original agents of Atlas, you know, your gorilla man, your 3D man, your human robot, your Venus, your uh, Marvel Boy. And apparently, it's now going to be all one big team, and I'm super happy with it. I love a huge team, so the fact that Amadeus' team is like 12 people and Jimmy has now brought in another another seven or eight just makes me happy. I want to see this. But more importantly, Greg Pak has been doing, over several different series, huge world-building stuff away from New York City in the Marvel Universe. That right there is why you should go and buy this comic, Faithful Spoilerites, because it features these characters— In a setting that makes sense, characters working together, all of these heroes, including Shang-Chi, including uh, Luna Snow, including uh, the protector of Pan, and the new giant man. I don't know if you guys have seen him. No? Okay. Mm -mm. I can see by your face. No, it's fine. It's uh, kickboxing. It's the sport of the future. But all of these characters are now coming together and working together, and it's sort of an Avengers take, except it's not all stuck in New York City. And I really love the fact that... All of these characters are, for all intents and purposes, off-panel, other places in the Marvel Universe, but throughout these series that Greg Pak is writing, they're just building this huge backstory and this ongoing world that I really, really enjoy, plus the 3D Man. You know, I'll buy anything with 3D Man in it. I, I like red and green because sometimes I can't tell which is which, so I'm really fascinated by characters who allow me to do that. Um, I don't want to spoiler the ending spoilery stuff, and I don't want to tell you too much uh, because Namor does have another iron in the metaphorical fire, but this is issue one of five, and I think if my brain wants to remember it correctly, it's also tied into a couple of other big ongoing flibby-dibby series at Marvel, so this is part of the new architecture of the new Marvel Universe. Nonetheless, four slices of meatloaf for Atlantis Attacks, number one. Really pretty. It's a really well-drawn book. It's a book that does answer a question that I've been asking ever since the new agents of Atlas came out, which always makes me happy. And I feel like in the long run, having all of these characters sharing a history, sharing some backstory, sharing a setting... Is a positive, especially for people who are like, you know what we need? We need new characters. We need all the, you guys should go and just make these new characters. And then now Greg Pack has, and now you can't complain about it. So there you go. Atlantis attacks is a good book. Go read it.
0: Um. So the one thing that I, in all of this, in all the talking that you've been doing, Mm -hmm. the one thing that has risen to the surface, Mm -hmm. not Namor, Mm -hmm. but Man, this sounds complicated for anyone who's like, hey, it's a number one. I'll pick up a number one and read what number one is. And then all of a sudden they're dumped into, you know, 60 years of continuity and are left scratching their <laughs> head. That's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like well, it's very super uh, continuity heavy.
1: It's not super continuity heavy. I mean, there are a lot of players. I would say that. Uh, if you've been reading the current Avenger series, it is definitely less continuity heavy than that book because that book, you know, just recently had a vampire war with Blade and Dracula and of course there I don't know if you knew this their headquarters is a dead celestial. So if you don't know who a celestial is, that's mm-hmm. all in there. There's a lot of stuff going on right now that I feel like it is continuity heavy. It is not the most continuity-heavy uh, book from Marvel, and I don't feel like it's the—it's one that relies on too much foreknowledge. Okay. Pack is really good about putting stuff in there where you know the guy like me who remembers everything and can go, "Hey, what if number nine reference?" Is happy with the book, but I think the casual reader can pick it up as well. Okay. There, there is continuity here. Definitely is, yeah.
0: All right. All right. Very cool. All right. Coming out this week from DC Comics, it's Action Comics number 1019 or 1019, depending on how you want to call it, from Brian Michael Bendis and John Romita and Klaus Janssen or Janssen. Um, speaking about something that's heavy into continuity, man, if you thought that this was going to pick right up after uh, Superman revealed the secret identity a couple of issues ago in that other comic, oh, no. No, no, no. This happens before any of that happens. Uh, this book is basically a starting to culminate the big storyline that Bendis has been doing for 19 plus issues now in a variety of comics. Because not only do we get the Legion of Doom getting ready to attack Superman, but we also finally get to see the Legion of Doom and Leviathan team up. And we do discover who Leviathan is. Actually, we discovered that the uh, previous issue and then they're also going to get uh, the Metropolis. What are they called? The underground, uh, the mobsters or whatever that are running Metropolis. The Invisible Mafia. Uh, the Invisible Mafia. That's it. Thank you, Matthew. And so now all three of these groups are teaming together to figure out how they're going to take down Superman so that um, what's her name? The Red Mist can come in and finish him off. And uh, it is when I read this, I was like, OK. I kind of know what's going on because I've been reading little bits and pieces of all these other storylines that this is tying into, but this is really complicated and there's just a lot of talking back and forth about why should we trust you? Well, we know you're evil. Oh, why, why would we do this? And you're going to backstab us and blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of that back and forth going on, which I think could be removed. But then when they finally decide to all come together and figure out a way to take down Superman and potentially the rest of the Justice League. Uh, It really makes a lot of sense in how they're going to do it, because there is one thing that Superman will want to protect above all things and will not want to um, unleash all of his powers, which makes him essentially weaker because he's not going to go full Superman on you. Um, And I think the plan is really kind of as it comes together, really kind of interesting. Now, we're going to have to find out in the next issue, because, again, comics, uh, whether their plan is successful or not. but this issue is not, is not bad. If you have been following the Legion of Doom storyline, if you've been following the Leviathan storyline, if you've been following the Invisible Mafia storyline, then I think you're going to enjoy Action Comics 1019. The art is fine. I think um, this is an interesting combination of these two artists throughout the issue. Sometimes it works for me. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, wasn't Klaus Johnson, didn't uh, or Janssen, wasn't he the one that did the X-Men stuff with... Um, Grant Morrison?
1: No, Klaus uh, is the one who inked uh, uh, Frank Miller on Daredevil.
0: Though. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that's what Okay, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because sometimes the art really doesn't work for me in this issue. And I know we're talking about John Romita, um, but even then, yeah, there's very much some shades of the Reign of the Superman and that uh, Golden Child stuff popping up here that kind of turns me off a little bit. But overall, it's a, it's a, once the story gets past the bickering stage, it really does a pretty good job. And so I'm going to give Action Comics 1019, out this week from DC Comics, three and a half slices of meatloaf. Better than average, but really can't go more than that. It's, it's like you want to be polite and have that extra half slice, but you really don't want a whole extra slice. So that's why we're going with three and a half slices of meatloaf on this issue. So check it out if you want. All right. Anything else that we need to talk about here in the review section? Oh, I know. How about I mention this? Isotoner. Isotoner. And totes.com. We got a little deal going on with them. And I know, hey, we had a lot of snow come through the area today. I think it's going to pass you, Matthew. I think uh-huh. you're not probably going to get anything. Our is kind of eventually washed away. But, I mean, it's still going to be the high tomorrow, I think, is only going to be 20 degrees. And when it's cold, you want to have your hands and your feet all warm and toasty. So you might want to go over to Isotoner or Totes.com and pick up some stuff. And when you use the checkout code major, now make sure you're using the checkout code major and not major spoilers. I think some people have been entering the major spoilers code. And really Mm. what you want to do is enter major, M-A-J-O-R, at checkout, and you're going to get 25% off. That's a pretty good deal. Isotoner.com and Totes.com. Use the checkout code major, 25% off on all those incredible products. Yeah, it is nice. It definitely is nice. Hey, do you guys have a favorite flavor of LifeSaver?
1: Mm, either wintergreen or uh like a nice cherry.
0: Mm. Rodrigo, what about you? Uh green. Green. So yeah, whatever that is. The uh lime, I guess like it's lime, supposed to be lime. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. There's I a the I, green I kinda like flavor. the flavor. I, I kinda like the pineapple one.
1: Pineapple is good, but you don't always get the pineapple one anymore. No,
0: personally. I mean, you, I mean, it comes in the five roll, but uh, yeah, it, it's always weird because you don't know if you're getting the yellow one or the pineapple one because the colors are so close to one another.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know, just a weird thing that crossed my mind right now. I don't know. The
1: uh, yellow oh. one is kind of lemony.
0: Yeah, 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 lemon and then pineapple. Uh, speaking of candy, Matthew and I uh, last week on top five ran through our list of top five candies, we did. and. And we were speculating on a lot of these are, do some of these still exist? Can you find them in stores? And so if you follow me on Instagram, uh, major spoilers, I've been going to every time I see a candy that we mention or talk about in that show, I've been taking a picture and posting it. And Matthew, you found one of my items uh, that I thought it was discontinued, but apparently it's not. But you I found you, it you in the
1: candy it? dish in my office.
0: Oh, really? Uh, now, yes. is it a short one or is it a long one?
1: Uh, it was about the size of my thumb.
0: So that's, oh, that's fairly short.
1: Like three and a half inches?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ones I'm thinking about are like almost double that size.
1: Uh, well, things were bigger when you were a kid.
0: I'm sure they were, but uh, definitely bigger than that. So, uh, go check out last week's top five. If you want to know what candies we're talking about, uh, you can find that on Apple podcasts, or you can find the archive of all the shows that we do over at Majorspoilers.com. One thing that we haven't done in a while is talk about Harrow County, or Harrow County. I think it's Harrow. Harrow County.
1: Harrow County.
0: And this you know, time we get- the adventures
1: of Harrow County Jr. with uh, <laughs> Bruce Boxlater. Bruce
0: Boxlater, <laughs> yeah. Um, not Bruce Boxlater, you're thinking of Bruce uh, Bruce Campbell was in that, right?
1: I think yeah. it was Bruce Lee, is Who it was.
0: Yeah, okay. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was, uh, dang it, I can't think of another Bruce. Bruce, Bruce Springsteen. Willis. Yeah. Bruce Bruce Valach.
1: Willis. <laughs> oh, I would I would pay to see Bruce Valanche's Briscoe County Junior.
0: She called me. <laughs> I Bruce. am in. All right, so we are into our seventh volume Dark Times, from, Dark uh, Times a Coming from Colin Bunn and Tyler problem. Crook. Pardon. And last time we saw Evil uh was it Hester was reborn or Cammy. they were getting or Cammy. Yeah, they were getting ready to make her come back. And uh this issue is all about her coming back and Emmy Uh, trying to deal with her and also, uh, you know, her friends uh, trying to stick up with her. And it is a pretty climactic. This is like four or five issues that we're reading in this in this uh, volume. It's kind of scary. I got to tell you, Rodrigo, it's kind of scary.
2: Yeah, it's it's that it's definitely if not that moment, then the start of that moment when you're like, well, we're what, seven volumes in? Like, there's no reason for anybody to make it through this volume.
0: I mean, not if we don't want to. I mean, Cammy definitely is going out and trying to kill as many people as she can, right, Matthew?
2: Oh,
1: yes. Cammy is a murderous little tramp. And she kills the one person that I honestly, and I shouldn't have, but I kind of thought would be off limits.
0: And who's that? Mm. Daddy. Oh. Um, I don't know. I mean, that really honestly didn't come as a surprise because if you're really trying to hurt somebody when you want to go after their parental figure, especially if you know that they've had issues with their parents in the past who were afraid of you or hated you and then came around to, I guess, loving you. Doesn't that make that knife twist a little deeper in that case?
1: I mean, I get it. I, it's not that you know, that it was like something that I thought was super, off the, the beaten path, I just thought that from the tone of things, we would not have that horrifying moment come around. Oh, I had yeah. hoped that, yeah, you know, I had hoped that it would be something that would not, especially <laughs> since I kind of like daddy. Daddy was kind of cool.
0: I just kind of like how Cammy comes into town or especially into the um, other side of the tracks area. And it's just like, oh, I'm going to wipe you all out and starts dissolving. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, you're all made of clay. I'm just going to start dissolving you all. And I'm just like, oh my God, that is, that's kind of creepy. And that's like, you know, taking it to an extreme as well.
1: She's evil and also her evil is evil and awful and bad. Yeah. I just, I don't like him.
0: Was there a moment that you thought was extremely, uh, horrific Rodrigo in this volume?
2: I mean, the... The uh, skinless boy kind of bites it. Oh, yeah, he does. Pretty rough.
0: Pretty much everybody gets it right. I mean, the only one who doesn't is Bernice. And I think her revelation is very interesting in the fact that she is both of the clay people that were created. She's half haint. Yeah, half haint and, and, you know, half real person. I thought that was really kind of an interesting twist to Bernice's story.
2: Yeah, they they touch on that and we get to see a little bit more of her training um as to like to deal with supernatural stuff and it and it comes in handy. You know, there's a few moments when um she's she's really she's the one keeping Kami at bay mm-hmm. uh until Goku finishes his training and can <laughs> arrive on the scene. <laughs>
0: I I do like that they're bringing in some of that hedge witchery stuff, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. nailing the witch's footsteps uh, in the ground, I thought was very cool. Um, I I like how Cammy is ultimately taken down. But I think the other big major revelation. And so basically, this is a big fight volume with some other revelations thrown into boot. And I think the biggest revelation is how two children came back. Uh, when they killed uh, Hester, when they hung Hester and burned her, how could there be Emmy? And how could there be Cammy? How could there be the twins born? And that's revealed in this as well, which I thought was, okay, number one, it was foreshadowed, you know, three, four volumes ago.
2: Yeah. They talked about it a little bit.
0: Uh, But uh, then when you kind of come to the realization, it's like, oh, that actually makes good sense. And oh, that's actually a clever way to do it. So, you know, we've heard before again major spoilers in this in this episode. Yeah, you know, in in other in other traditions and other cultures, you know, you eat your enemy and you gather, you gain their their strength or their power or whatever. And we saw with the uh, the gods, what what is their group called? The family. Yeah, the family. We saw when the family with Hester and um, uh, who's the other woman that she ended up. Amaryllis Amaryllis Uh, she ends up killing her and then eating her to get her power well because she Amaryllis was inside Hester when Hester was hung and that tree birthed those kids it was both of them that were birthed right and I thought that that was really clever and then Emmy having this sudden realization that oh after I kill you I'm gonna make sure you don't come back so she begins to eat her twin sister or yeah. essentially Hester and Amaryllis, uh reliving their their stuff in opposite ways. That kind of gross you out, Matthew?
2: Yeah, that's awful and bad. Well, he- and uh Bernice reacts to it, I think, as uh as as the audience does, which is like this this seems like a little much. Yeah. Is it though? I mean, no. No, no, no. This story has been terrible in a in a great way this whole time. Yeah. Um, I, I think uh, there's a lot of moments in l- one thing that Harrow County really hammers away is that, uh, Emmy has a very holistic, natural understanding of her own power. Mm-hmm. And very frequently it'll be something like, I know that this is happening or she'll be like, I think this is happening. And uh, literally in this volume, she's like, I think this has happened. And uh, the uh, Malachi, the the big bull Mm -hmm. monster—I think that's his name. um, He's like, you know, that's what's happening. You know, literally that they went and they brought her out. Like, you know, that this is all happening because you're able to just know these things. So it makes sense that she gets to that point and she knows that what she has to do now is she has to like tear into her twin sister's guts and eat her. Um, But It also makes sense that characters that are still, you know, regular people that have been through the uh, through the supernatural, but are still, you know, people with a um, with like normal human sensibilities. Oh yeah, would not would not take to that well so was it was it a good story beat yes was it gross also yes yes very much so (laughs) very much so
0: i mean i was shocked too i was like oh no and then they're gonna show it and then she's yeah she's like uh lifting her head up going she's got a mouth full of of, uh, intestine in her mouth
2: you know we saw this as the um as a trade but i want to say that the cover for that volume is or for that issue is you would expect um cammy just covered in blood like Uh with her mouth all Uh bloodied and stuff and you're like oh this is like cammy and then you go through it like oh no that was emmy
0: yeah yeah no it was i wasn't prepared for it and and i don't remember if this is the last volume in this i know that you know harrow county um quote unquote ended But now it has come back with Tales from Harrow County. There's a new series that's going on right now. I think there's, yeah, there's one more volume. Don't Come Back. Don't Come Back is the eighth volume that that we'll get to. But I am am very anxious and very eager to find out how Bernice and Emmy resolve their issues.
1: Oh, they're going to kill each
0: other. That's what I'm worried about, right? One of them is going to kill the other. That's what I'm worried about, right? Uh, is that they're not going to be able to reconcile each other's powers or plans or you know, good and evil uh, situations, and that one of them is going to have to take out the other, even though they're supposed to be best friends. And
2: that's...
1: they are best friends, but they're they're also, I think, fated to be best friends who probably kill each other.
2: And and this story has gone a long way to. To pull them apart. Mm-hmm. I think it it's like it, it brings them together because they both have similar goals. But um, I don't want to say very early on. But within the last few volumes, um, its it's gone a long way to get uh, Bernice on this path. Right. That is the path of, yeah, like a human hedge magician. And Emmy is on the other side of that. Like what those guys... You know, what uh, like witch doctors and healers and shaman and all those uh, what those guys do is keep the supernatural from harming regular people. Mm -hmm. And Emmy is on the other side of that divide. Right. Mm -hmm. She is basically a spirit or a god or a a true witch or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, I think this final volume is going to be really cool. I but I did like to see how everything kind of came to a climax with Cammy. And how she was ultimately just taken out, especially when, again, we've been set up uh, way earlier in the series uh, talking about the dragonflies and snakes and how that ends up uh, becoming part of of Cammy's undoing. And I just all I can do is picture this. If this is getting made into a TV series, all I can picture is that final scene where it's just dragonflies descending from the heavens and just destroying and eating (laughs) up Cammy. Yeah, no, it's going to be I mean, it could be really I mean, they could go. So far into the gross, disgusting side, even more so than what we saw in the comic, right? I mean, you know, if this is a TV series and you get to Bernice turning around and Emmy's got, you know, like an intestine in her mouth and is chewing on it, that that's going to be like super disgusting.
1: Hey, you going to eat that
0: <laughs> uh, art in this continues to be a to be really good, I think. Um, yeah, I, I, I really I don't have art. a problem with the art at all. I, I think Tyler Crook continues to deliver some really good stuff. Um, you like the art, Matthew, what about you, Rodrigo?
2: Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, it's, it's got a real kind of, um, like it's, it's modern and it's nice, but it, it kind of has this real, like. EC sensibility mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. yes that is exactly i hadn't even thought of that but that is 100 percent right yeah it's it just if it's not if it's not informed by old horror comics then it arrives at the same place really well um because yeah i mean it it just uh, like it really reminds me of um like i would go to the library looking for comics and there'd be like and be like, ah, Superman and Batman, and then I'd like pick this one out, and it was like an EC collection of like witches. I'm oh, yeah. looking through it and I'm like, Oh my god, I didn't know that they made comics like this. Yes, let's read more of these. <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely yeah. I mean definitely.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I just I, I'm really hopeful and I'm glad to see that this series has come back. Um and I think I've only read the solicitation, I think, for the first issue, so I think I kinda know what happens at the end of the series, which, you know. It's okay. It's still good. Um, but I, I'm I'm kind of glad that we have publishers like Dark Horse or like Boom Studios or Image or IDW that are like, you know what? We don't have to do superhero stuff all the time. Why don't we do something that's not capes and tights? And let's look at, you know, different genres, whether it's uh, the Western or whether it is, you know, outer space science fiction type stuff or whether it's horror comics and horror. I think right now, Matthew, seems to be. One of the big areas that we're seeing publishers dive into D.C. has uh, the the Hill House books. Uh, we've yep. definitely got um, Boom Studios doing a bunch of horror comics and uh, Dark Horse doing horror comics as well. In addition to Rodrigo reprinting the E.C. comics um, yeah. from the past. Yeah. What were you going to say, uh, Matthew, about the the horror stuff?
1: I think that horror books are definitely cyclical and you see them probably every other decade. I mean, you had the fifties that were huge and then you had a bunch of the seventies and then you had the vertigo run in the early nineties. And I feel like we're seeing it come back around, uh, even though they're a decade late because, you know, it seems longer ago than it is. Time is weird like that. But yeah, I, I, feel like horror is something that in certain Times you know, certain cultural times really resonates. You don't necessarily want to see somebody get their head chopped off, but there's also a point where you're like, yeah, I, I could definitely buy, pay $7 for that or ninety nine for a comic and see that. And I feel like it's a good thing mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, because you get a chance to, you know, see those horrors and kind of, process them through a story rather than, you know, seeing them in your front yard or something. Mm
0: -hmm. Rodrigo, are you, uh, I I know you have a kind of a, I don't want to say love-hate with superhero comics, but I I wouldn't, I'm guessing you don't put them the number one area of your comic book genre reading.
2: Uh, I guess not. Um, Most of the stuff that I review for the podcast tends to be not superhero stuff. Mm -hmm. But to a large extent, that's because I know that we have other writers uh, covering the superhero stuff. So yeah. it's a good opportunity for me to to do other stuff. So uh, hello, <laughs> I'm the superhero guy. Yeah. Yeah, everybody loves superheroes, but um, especially when it comes to scheduling, I'm like, you know, if I review something from Image or Dark Horse or Oni from two weeks from or like for a week from now, I'm much more likely to be able to, you know, get a book and mm-hmm. read it. Mm hmm. Um, than if I dive into Marvel or DC, which is what everybody kind of wants to read, and we don't get them as far in advance.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, uh, Marvel sends it to us the day before the the stuff releases. So, you know,
2: great. So, but, but yeah, I, I, what I, what I really like about Harrow County is that it's like, it's just so intensely American. Mm -hmm. Um, it is, Obviously, you know, the United States gets this, like, hodgepodge of of cultures, but um, although a lot of the things that happen in this book could potentially happen in Europe with, like, a European coven of witches and and things like that, Mm -hmm. there's just a lot of things that are relevant to, like, the segregation of in the United States to um, folk practices to the way that people... You know, want to live their lives. The like isolation of of rural United States. It just kind of exists in this place that, to me, really resonates because uh, a I have lived in the ru- in rural United States, and b mm-hmm. um, it, it seems that recently you get a lot more of it. But for a long time, that wasn't what monster movies and what scary movies were about. Right? They're right, all about right. vampires or maybe aliens. Um, they're not about um, spooky, spooky people. in I don't know what is this like?
0: This is uh, this is the South. I'm going to say like Alabama, Arkansas kind of sure, area. Sure. Yeah. Um, that's that's my guess.
1: Al- alphabetically.
0: Well, speaking. and the only reason I, I say that is because Cullen Bunn lives in St. Louis. So if you're going to go kind of south from that, I mean, it could be Ozarks area for, you know, for all sure. we know. It could be yeah. uh, Tennessee. Um,
2: could be, uh, you know, and and I think it could be. I, I think. Purposefully, you know, Harrow County doesn't reference the Ozarks or Appalachia or the, I don't know, the Flint Hills. You know, it it purposefully tells you that it could actually be anywhere in the United States. Because mm-hmm. once you once you leave the cities in the United States, all of a sudden it's cows and then it's just forest.
0: Yeah. Ooh. I would like to see some horror stories. They're probably out there. We just haven't really explored them. I would like to see something similar to Harrow County set in the Pacific Northwest. I mean, we've seen horror stories take place in California. Uh, We've seen some horror stories take place in desert regions. I think um, uh, what's the vampire um, one over at vertigo or was it vertigo? Uh, American or is it American oh, American,
2: Va- American vampire was set in California. It was like a Hollywood story. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, at no, least, at 30s. least the early volumes. I didn't, I didn't read much past the, the first or second volume.
0: Yeah. I would like to see something that takes place specifically in, you know, uh, the Ozarks or specifically takes place in uh wackadoo, Nebraska uh, just <laughs> to see, you know, what kind of scary tales can you tell in these very different settings uh, because setting a horror tale in the woods makes a lot of sense, but then uh, setting the the horror tale in the middle of nowhere, uh, like Western Kansas, suddenly the environment plays a big role in in that horror story. Uh, yeah. Whether you're talking about and, the murders in Kansas or, or or something else,
2: yeah, and and any research into the locale will yield different sort of folk legends and, mm-hmm, and ideas mm-hmm, and practices, mm-hmm. which are, which are very interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my, uh, Twitter handle fearsome critter mm-hmm. is a reference to fearsome critters, which are like lumberjack and like Pacific Northwest kind of monsters that people like would make up and would attribute their maladies to. And mm-hmm. uh, that's where like, ja- that's where we get like jackalopes mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so, It's, it's always been real interesting to me what sort of, uh, what, what traditionally keeps people inside their houses, uh, is, is, is always kind of a a source of, of interest for me.
0: Yeah. Usually for me, it's just other people.
2: I mean, (laughs) there's, there's that. That's, that's a, that's a real like Sartre way to look about it. Yeah,
0: Yeah, no, I think I would, I I think, um, I think I want to explore some other horror stuff. Uh, in the years to come here at major spoilers, just so we can see and, 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 listeners again, head over to our discord channel and let us know if you know of specifically some horror comics that take place and play upon the, um, local legends of certain areas of the country. And again, not just vampires in California or Frankenstein monsters in uh, new England or, you know, wolf, wolf mans down in, in Florida. Uh, but, you know, the, that local culture, which is what it feels like Harrow County is trying to, to draw from a little bit or, the, you know, that country uh, mythology uh, that's going on. We have one more volume in this. I'm really excited to see what happens in this final volume. I, I will say that if you are looking to get this uh, collection, a couple of ways you can do it. You can. There's a link here in, in the show notes for this episode. So you can get this specific volume if you want, or you can click on the Amazon link at Major Spoilers. And that will take you to Amazon and you can search for Harrow County and you can, I would probably recommend getting the library edition. There's, um, let's see, there are four of those. There's also an omnibus edition, which collects the whole thing. That might be the best way to get everything together. And when you use that link over at Am- uh, at major spoilers, uh, to go to Amazon, it's not going to cost you anything extra. A little bit comes back and helps this channel. It helps this show so that we can continue to bring this stuff to you for free week after week. Um, but I'm, I'm still really, really up on everything that Cullen Bunn has done so far. We've done uh, the Six Gun, which I guess is more of your Western, you know, your Utah, uh, Colorado, Western yeah. stuff, uh, horror stuff. Um, but, um, you know, Harrow County and, and Six Gun, two winners for me from Cullen Bunn. I want to read more of what he's doing and maybe you do, too. And that's why we review more stuff over at uh, Majorspoilers.com. Final yeah. thoughts from you, Matthew?
1: Uh, I feel like this volume is the point where all heck breaks loose Yeah, in a very successful way. And the fact that they surprised me with the carnage
0: mm-hmm. is a good
1: thing. I mm-hmm. think that that's hard to do when you read a million, million things like I do. So I'll give them credit for that. And I think it looks just great.
0: Yeah, uh, Rodrigo, final thoughts from you.
2: Uh, uh, Harrow County is... Uh, it's really good uh, for a lot of for the reasons that I've stated already. It's yeah. you know sort of American horror comics with an ongoing throughline story, um, and has that r- a real vibe of like old school uh, like pre code comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this issue in particular is the pre <laughs> um, so I, I, I mean, I, I recommend this volume. Uh, if you've been reading so far, jumping into this volume is probably not a good idea. Yeah,
0: probably not. But you now have all sorts of other uh, volumes to go and read and catch up on before we hit the next volume, which will be, I want to say in a month or so, we will hit the fo- final volume of this particular uh, series. Let me look here really quick. Looks like a March, no, April, April is when we will hit the final volume of this series. So you'll want to. Stick around and continue to listen until then. And then continue to listen afterwards, of course. Right, Matthew?
1: And continue to listen before and during, and just keep sticking around. We love having you at Major Spoilers. And maybe, maybe you'll love it so much that you join up, become one of our faithful spoilerites. You listen to the secret stuff. You find all the secret channels. You learn the secret handshake. Rigo teaches you the magic word that unravels reality. You can achieve state 47 and telepathically send your mind through the cosmos. And all of these things can be yours if the price is right.
0: Uh, Yes, and I think that is where we will wrap it up for this issue. Thank you for listening, and thank you for being part of the Major Spoilers experience.
1: As always, we love your feedback, so use the comment section at Major Spoilers to share your thoughts and reactions, and whether you caught the three references in that stupid stuff that I just said from this episode, or even better, you can send us an email to podcast at
2: majorspoilers.com. And don't forget, uh, you can support this show and everything we do by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash spoilers.
0: We will be back next week and we're going to talk Birds of Prey, The Death of Oracle. Why? Because we know that you love comics and we do too. And we will talk with you soon.
1: Stop talking about comic books or I'll kill you.